0: Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Weggs, and with me as always is Dane. Today we are going to talk D-line. We're going to continue with our position-by-position position reviews of last season, and uh, also a little look ahead to what we expect to happen with the, each position group. And so this will be a fun one because, Dane, I think as a former star high school D lineman you have some special insights with this group yeah uh thanks for the praise that is not accurate but thank you eggs I tried hard uh, <laughs> uh so today I mean look looking at this uh this list of D linemen um I mean let's just dig right in Kenny Clark man he, he's getting paid to be one of the best D linemen in football uh but there's something that they must like uh, I mean, does he take his Wheaties in December? Kenny Clark, um, when the, the games really start to matter, when it gets cold outside, when I think that other teams might be a little run down, Kenny Clark seems to just, like, kick it into another gear. And I thought he did so again this season. And uh, he's really our anchor of the defensive line. And, and in the middle of the defense, Kenny Clark, uh, I thought, once again, brought it, especially the second half of the season. Certainly he had some injuries that he was battling. Uh, and that's, that's going to be the biggest thing I think for Kenny when we assess performance because health is, is a skill. We need him to be out on the field every week. Uh, as part of uh, as you said, anchoring that defensive line, if he's not out there, it's going to be a significant loss. And granted, it wasn't like he missed half the season, but it's something that, uh, you know, if he can, uh, make sure to get his back in, in great shape and, and just keep himself as healthy as possible. There is an element of, of luck involved. I, I do understand that when it comes to injuries, but um, so I, I think that contributed a little bit to, I don't want to say a slower start for Kenny mm-hmm. this year, but uh, it, it wasn't necessarily, um, I don't think the, quite the, monster season we saw from him a year ago um, but you're absolutely right he definitely kicked it in later in the season and you can see even though he's not going to lead the team in tackles from his position uh, the way that the Packers defense improved in the second half of the season uh, I don't think there's a coincidence coincidence at all um, with the play of Kenny Clark and, and particularly uh, their improvement in the run defense uh, was was a significant factor, I think, in in the way the Packers defense was able to perform for much of the second half of the season. And uh, uh, you've you got to get a lot of credit to Big Kenny Clark up the middle. Um He was soaking up a, a lot of blockers, and uh, he commands a lot of attention. And, and he's one of the few guys in the league that can push uh, his guys out of the way and get pressure on the quarterback in passing situations as well. No doubt about it. And, you know, as much as we talk about Kenny, um, you know, as we're looking at this, this position from, uh, you know, 2020, after Kenny Clark, there was a little bit of injury, but really this was a position that I think the Packers were truly trying to upgrade throughout the season. And we'll touch on them all, but Billy Wynn, uh, you know, was added. Um, you know, we added Anthony Rush and, and some guys that we, we've already um, come to know on the defensive line. Montrevious Adams uh, was really a non-factor once again. I think that this is probably it for Montrevius in Green Bay, um, you know, another injury uh, plague season. And, uh, you know, Tyler Lancaster, Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki. I mean, we can talk about all these guys, but I really did think it was Kenny Clark, And then I I think probably next uh, in line here from a production standpoint would be Kingsley Kiki, who for a guy who we drafted in the sixth round in 2019, he showed some serious flashes, particularly in the pass rush. He had four sacks this year. They came in bunches. He had two in one game, two in another, uh, but was able to get after the quarterback. Dealt with some injuries late in the season, uh, but are you as encouraged as I am uh, in um, in what Kingsley was able to do in year two? Because um, you can't necessarily rely on six-round picks and think that they're going to be starters in the NFL, but I thought that at times, in pass rush uh, situations in particular, Kingsley Kiki showed... Uh, the optimism uh, of the Packers when they drafted him. Yeah. And again, going back to the injuries we talked about with Kenny Clark, the second half, he, you know, unfortunately, Kiki wasn't able to really be out there much at all and, and kind of ended the season um inactive for the last few weeks of the season, or even maybe even the last four weeks of the season, if I remember correctly. So, but you're right. Uh, he showed some flashes, particularly early in the season. One of the things that uh, he's going to have to continue to prove prove upon is, is staying in his lane. Um, and, you know, as a young player, a lot of times you want to make a name for yourself. And I, I'm not going to take anything away from him getting those sacks and pressures because you always want to get that whenever you can. Um, up the middle uh, from a interior defensive lineman uh, so if he can continue to improve upon that i think he could really um uh, contribute in a very specialized role an area where he needs to improve is in the run defense uh, however is there are some times that i think he got himself a little out of position um, and we need someone if, it could be kingsley uh, next year if he continues to improve at the rate that he did in year two uh to 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 really be that anchor next to Kenny Clark and I'm not saying that we need to have two Kenny Clarks in the middle. It would be great to have. Um but <laughs> yeah. uh if, if if Kiki can improve in that area, that would be a significant boom for this defense. Well, realistically, Dane, you you touched on it's asking a lot to have a six round pick in at the defensive mm-hmm. line, uh be a starter in the league. And I think Kiki could do it. He should yeah. proved that he can. Uh, But at the same time, with the level of play that he's at currently, and I do expect him to continue to improve, I would like to see someone uh, added to this group. And I think the Packers, you touched on that as well, were looking all throughout this season, and I think they're going to continue to look in this off season for ways to uh, upgrade this position group. Uh, Because after that, uh, you know, we've got some uh, guys that, you know, come to work every Sunday in Tyler Lancaster and Dean Lowry. uh, But uh, I'll be honest with you, um, I'm not sure that either of them are necessarily going to have a role uh, on this team uh, going into next season. Um, So let's kind of talk about them a little bit. Dean Lowry, uh, a lot of folks are already projecting, could be designated as a post-June 1st cut, uh, would save the Packers 4.8 million uh, against the cap. And for his level of play, I don't think we're getting a six, six million dollar, uh, player on the defensive line. So it makes a lot of sense that they might move on from Dean. He, he didn't have a terrible season. It's just, you know, being on the outside of that defensive line group, you would like to see, uh, guys making a little bit more of an impact week to week. Yeah, and, and that's the thing with Dean. There's a place for him in the league, uh, and he's probably a starter in the league, Um for, for a number of teams. The thing is, is not at 6.3 million dollars, right? I, I mean, if, if you're getting him for two and a half, um, that's a good deal, and and you're going to be happy with the production level at that at that cost. But I think it's just it's not necessarily Dean the player; it's it's Dean the the cost uh, and production level. So I think uh, he will not be with the Packers. I would agree with you. Um, you know, going into 2021 season, Tyler Lancaster's a little more interesting to me. I, I think that he probably remains with the team um, because of his, his run-stopping uh, ability. But I do think he's probably maxed out his potential. He is the uh, quintessential hard-working guy who, you know, lunch pail uh, goes and just just battles every day. Um, but with all due respect to Tyler, I think that he'd be more productive and the defense overall would probably be more productive if he's getting 20 snaps a game and not 40. Um, so you know, I, I, I'm looking to see him. I think that he he's still under contract. I think he's going to probably have to earn a spot on the roster. Uh, but this is this is a position group, Wags, where I think the Packers are really going to look to improve. Um, we'll talk draft down the road, but I'll tell you what, I, this is really one of my priority spots for this Packers defense is along the defensive line uh, because I, I think that with Kenny, we're close. I'll just put it that way. We're close defensively overall. Um, I really like the young inside linebackers. I love our pass rushers. I, I our, our DBs, we're getting there. Our safeties are incredible. I think we'll improve in, in the back end, but we're really close. And I think another impact, along with Kenny Clark, and, and by impact I mean capital I impact player along this defensive line. Um, will make this defense uh, go from one that was trending the right way near the end of the season to one that can be a dominant force. Uh, because we all know controlling the line of scrimmage, it doesn't matter if you're playing peewee football or if you're at the NFL level, if you can control the line of scrimmage, um, you're winning more games than not uh, on the defense. So, um, you know, as we look ahead, we talked about Tyler Lancaster a little bit there, Dean, um, you know, again, think he's probably going to be gone. But then we brought in guys like Snacks Harrison, who no longer at the all-pro level, didn't really get a chance, I don't think, to play an awful lot of snaps. Um, he's a free agent again. I, I got to tell you, Wags, I'm thinking it's less and less likely he's going to return. I think we're going to see a bit of a youth movement or maybe a splash uh, free agent signing that I think we'll get to here in a moment. But, um, you know, as we look uh, to him, I think Anthony Rush is also another guy who we brought in. I really like Anthony. Um, I think that he's going to have a chance to earn a spot as well. Billy Wynn, free agent. Um, showed some flashes, got injured, unfortunately. He had a heck of a comeback, hadn't played in a few seasons, and I thought had some uh, batted-down passes and a couple impact plays. But overall, Wags, I think that this is a defense that a defensive line that was predicated on on the explosiveness of Kenny Clark. And then we've got some other guys that are looking to earn roster spots, but maybe not anybody else other than Kenny that's really that splash player. Yeah, I agree. And no disrespect to Tyler Lancaster, but I look at him as someone that's going to need to earn a roster spot next year. We need,
1: yeah. we need
0: the, we need to bring in enough guys that can upgrade this position. That not only is he not getting 40 snaps a game, but he may not even be getting any snaps, and he's just perhaps he's your your fifth guy, and he's your your depth. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, we've got we've also got Willington Prevalon who was injured. Uh, get put on the IR. Uh, they, they drafted him to get out of Rutgers. Uh, so I think there's ways to improve this position group. I, I it would be, you know, I, I would think they might be able to, Billy wins seemed like he was very, uh, popular in the locker yeah. room and a lot of, a lot of, uh, praise from some of the coaching staff and some of his teammates. So it, it, he's not going to be an expensive guy to, to bring into camp. So maybe he gets another chance. I, I don't know. If We know enough about rush to to know if the Packers tried to bring him back or not. But um, we, the the key is, is we need to uh, beef up the level of competition on this defensive line. I think they're going to draft. I wouldn't be surprised when we talk about the draft, if the Packers, you know, take a D lineman pretty early uh, in the draft. So uh, this is, this is a key group. I think for me, this off season, we've cycled through a lot of names and, um, um, none of them, in my opinion, have a guaranteed uh, path back to the roster. I, I agree with you I'm on Montrevious Adams, by the way. I was shocked that he made the team this year, to be honest oh, yeah. with you. I, I I didn't think he was going to make this team this year, and, and he hasn't really shown anything in his entire tenure in Green Bay to show why the Packers would uh, invest in bringing him back at this point as well. hmm mm-hmm. So Joe Barry, a uh, new defensive coordinator here. Um that's I guess the other question mark, right? Is uh, what's the function of the defensive line under a new defensive coordinator? I, I, I got to think it's going to be similar, um but um you know time will tell. I just I I would love to see some kind of investment along this line uh, the defensive line because if you look at the roster overall um, you know, we have one of the best offenses in the league. Are there places to improve? Absolutely. Uh, but on the defensive side, I think that the glaring uh, spots is at the, the cornerback position with Kevin King. Um, he will not be returning, I don't think, to Green Bay. Um, you know, so that, that corner spot opposite of Jair. And, and um and then really it's this defensive line. I think those are the two places where the Packers are looking to upgrade. So, Wags, like, as we talk about upgrades, uh, and I know we'll be doing free agency later, but I, the, the the elephant in the room is, is big number 99, Wisconsin native J.J. J. Watt. We gotta go there. He's a free agent. Um A, I mean, he's not the guy maybe he was a, a, a when he was Defensive Player of the Year, but um Doesn't this feel a little bit like it could be a um, a Julius Peppers-style situation where you're getting a a guy who who can still give you serious snaps and just absolutely disrupt and be the impact player that you need him to be? Yes. uh, The problem is going to be the financial. That's going to be a little bit tricky. Um, You know, J.J. Watt, it appears, has – uh, probably almost every team in the league has interest. I know there, there are a lot of reports out there that about around a dozen teams are seriously interested in, in adding JJ Watt. So, you know, he's going to command quite a bit of attention and um, we're jumping in. I uh, certainly, just so you know, folks, JJ Watt was released by the Texans, meaning he can sign with anyone right now. Um, so while free agency hasn't officially kicked off yet, and we didn't talk free agency in that running back uh pod in terms of outside free agents, since JJ is available right now, it makes sense to talk about him. Uh, so I it's going to be interesting to see what it would take to sign him. I know a lot of people like to think that maybe we could get a hometown discount, but maybe that's possible. I, I don't, think that's probably going to happen but you know you never know I, I, I all things being equal though the packers are going to have to at least be in the ballpark uh, in yeah. order to uh to to play play uh with jj here and and so what's it going to take dane it, it, let's right. throw some numbers out there would you be willing to pay a guy like jj watt at this stage of his career 15 15 million plus a year um, hey, is right the amount of money that he's going to be commanded? Uh, so, so that's, that's the question here. So, uh, I ask you, what, what do you think about that in terms of a financial impact? Well, that's the thing, right? Is, uh, from the heart of us, I mean, we're Wisconsin fans too. It would be incredible to see JJ Watt green and gold. If his number, though, I mean, this is the thing. You said it right, Wags. It's a money issue. If we brought in J.J. Watt, does that mean then that you know, which would fans prefer Aaron Jones or J.J. Watt? Would fans prefer Corey Lindsley or J.J. Watt? Would would Packer fans prefer to you know actually Patrick Peterson, cornerback, is a free agent? Can you imagine pairing Jair Alexander with Patrick Peterson? Um you, you know you can go down the list and start talking but that these are the difficult decisions that a team like the Packers are going to need to make uh in a year where a lot of teams in the NFL are have salary cap issues. Um the Packers are no different than a lot of teams in the league. So like that's the thing is it's a priority thing and and I'm going to be honest and this is not going to be a um a popular um opinion probably from for a lot of Packer fans but I worry about JJ Watt's injury history. Um, I'm not looking for a guy that's name. I'm looking for a guy who's got game, and I know Watt still has some game, but I don't want to sink a bunch of money and, and um, you know rob Peter to pay Paul a little bit here uh, across the Packers roster. So um, if you ask me right now, would you know gain? Would you rather have JJ J. Watt or? Corey Lindsley back and it's comparable prices. I'm I'm thinking hard about Corey Lindsley, uh, and 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 you know that I'm not big into paying offensive linemen that are past 30 years old a lot of money. But my point being that there is something to be said about continuity um, with with uh, a tried and true proven record. And I know the Packers need to get better on the defense. And, and I love JJ Watt, but man, it, it, we're talking 15 million dollars a year. And I know you're throwing that number out, but if that's what it takes. I am not comfortable with the Packers investing in a guy um you know with his injury history I don't care what his name is or what he's done in the past, Uh, because it's not doing us any good if JJ plays three games and then he's not playing anymore and we've sunk a ton of money in. Now, if we get a sweetheart deal and a hometown discount, and I know that's a lot to ask, and I know that's probably not realistic, now we're talking. Because what I want to do is I want to see the Packers retool and add talent across the board. They don't all need to be huge name guys, but we need to add talent both in draft and in free agency. Yeah. Ben, sorry to interrupt, but what's no. the sweetheart number? What, what is that number for you? Oh, I don't even know. It's, um, it's lower than it, – it's an embarrassingly low number probably. Um, we're talking 5 <laughs> or $6 million so dollars gonna, a year. That's not, not going to happen. So let me throw it this year. Uh, you know, I, I'm i on the other side. I, I don't know that I yeah. agree with you. I, I look at J.J. Watt can still be an impact player. Uh, maybe not to the level he was as a player of the year. Defensive player of the year, you know, six, seven years ago, but he can still be an impact player. I, I, I feel like if you're, you're looking at JJ J. Watt or Corey Lindsley, listen, Corey Lindsley had a fantastic season, but mm-hmm. I think they can replace Corey Lindsley internally, to be quite frank. Um, I think they've got the, the ability to be able to do that, uh, both internally and through the draft and and not have to spend a lot of money to do that. I think they're probably going to do that anyway. Uh I would I would rather let Corey Lindsley get paid by someone else. Uh, at this point I I am just going to be completely honest with you. The, the 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 player I'm going to throw out there is would you rather have JJ Watt or Preston Smith? That's the number that I'm going to be paying attention to because Preston Smith is getting paid 16 million a year. I don't think there's a high likelihood that the Packers are going to bring him back for a third year. They can designate him as a post June first cut and save uh, 12 million against the cap. Mm-hmm. So that's 12 million. Would you be willing? Would you rather have? And I suppose that's not really a fair question because you could say, well, you can cut Preston Smith, and that doesn't mean you have to sink all that money into JJ Watt. Right. But just right. for the sake of for the just for the sake of argument, I think I would rather have J.J. Watt at fifteen or sixteen million next year than Preston Smith at fifteen or sixteen million next year. Is that is that a comparison that you can if, get on board with? It, well, that that's and that's a great way to frame it. If if that's like a one for one uh, situation, then absolutely, I think that J.J. Watt brings a different look. I think that Rashawn Gary's emergence in year two. Um, it proves that you know a front four. I'll just put it this way: front four of J.J. Watt, Kenny Clark, uh, Zadaria Smith, and Rashawn Gary should scare the heck out of the NFC North and the rest of the league. So, if we're talking apples to apples, one hundred percent, I think that that's that's something I could completely get on board with. Fair enough. And and again, I get that. Just because you cut Smith and they might cut Smith anyway, that doesn't right. mean that. You immediately fill that with JJ Watt. I just kind of thinking, and there are different positions too. Uh, obviously, Preston's an outside linebacker and JJ Watt's a defensive lineman. Um, but it, it would be, you know, saliva inducing to think about JJ Watt next to Kenny Clark uh, in the middle of that defensive line. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty scary, as you said, for the rest of the NFC North and, and even the NFC at large. Uh, to, to think about the Packers finally having uh, some some high impact players across that front, that would pose a lot of problems. So, um, so anyway, uh, it's it's one of those discussions that I think is seems to be pretty polarizing right now. Um, it's there's a lot of folks out there saying no way, the Packers don't have the money. We shouldn't be spending money on JJ Watt. Um, And then there's a lot of folks that are out there saying bring him in. So I'm not necessarily interested in all all due respect with all of our uh, fellow fans think as much as uh, what that front office wants to do and what their plan is. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see and watch how closely uh, the Packers try to really make a run at JJ, because Mm -hmm. if they don't get him, that might be a harbinger of things to come once free agency opens uh, in general uh, if the Packers have some other potential targets that they might make a run at uh, to try to improve this defensive line. Well, totally. And, and, you know, in talking about that, and, you know, we'll talk corners uh, a separate time here, but um, this is a position group where the Packers have spent a ton of draft capital over the years. They've landed significantly with Jair Alexander, but have had an awful lot of trouble with a lot of their other picks. And you know that's another one where you know when we're talking free agency, um, you know, do do the Packers go? Shoot, let's just fix this problem, and 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 spend some money on free agency uh, at the corner position, and then uh, draft capital on defensive line. I don't know, right? I, I'm just we're just kind of uh, prognosticating at this point anyway, but. Um, to your point, I mean, this is just fun to talk about, right? The fact that J.J. Watt at this stage in his career is a free agent and the the dots are connecting and it actually makes sense and it's a need position, um, man, I'm I'm not going to complain, Wix. I'll put it that way. If J.J. Watt comes to Green Bay, I'm going to be happy no matter what. Yeah, I I agree. And it's not going to be something that they're going to – well, I shouldn't say this, but I I would not expect J.J. is going to be commanding a four or five year contract from anyone so, at this point. Right. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. And if that's the case, you know, I don't expect the Packers to be, you know, competitive to be able to have a chance to bring JJ in. We're looking real more realistically at a much shorter contract at this point, mm-hmm. I think, for a guy like JJ Watts. So yeah. in, in any event, um it sounds like you and I are on board, but slightly different viewpoints on it. And so we are a good representation of, of the rest <laughs> of the fan base on that discussion. So, Dane, anything else with the guys that we have on this defensive line? I mean, it's, it's, um it's a, it's a group that I think, you know, I, I think you said it best. Uh, they were a very hardworking group. Um, you know, it got the job done for the most part, but, um, you know, made some improvements on it, but I, I really think, that we're going to see some turnover uh, with this group and we're going to be bringing some new guys in, JJ Watt or not. Uh, we're going to have some new faces as part of this group next year. Yeah. I mean, the only guaranteed roster spot right now next year is Kenny Clark. Uh, after mm-hmm. that, there's going to be some opportunity for, for camp battles and those are going to be a blast to watch. Um, but you're right. And I think that we're going to see um, the Packers invest of, relatively heavily, actually, in this spot. I think that's one of those sticking points where Goody doesn't want to have to, you know, be going to the waiver wire every week again this year, looking to to add um, help to the defensive line. So I think that this is a spot where they see a hole uh, and they want to plug it, and, uh, you know, I'm expecting them to do so. So. All right, very good. So folks, thanks so much for listening, following along. I think you previewed a little bit of the next group that we plan to talk about which is that cornerback group so we're just going to keep jumping around offense defense work our way through these positions and to share some thoughts so thanks for listening and go pack go go pack go